The Teachings of Enoch by the Blood Year Sanctified, Moses 6, 60. Book of Moses Insight, number 20. Blood as a Symbol of Justification. Because blood is a symbol of death and life, it was used in Israelite temples for the altar of sacrifice to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul, thus symbolizing the process of repentance that culminates in justification. The first explicit mention of blood in the Bible is Genesis 4, 10-11, when Abel's blood cried to God from the ground as a plea of redress for Cain's murder, and the crime in turn from thence, and the earth in turn from thenceforth refused to yield its strength to the perpetrator of the crime. The deliberate consumption of blood has been practiced in many cultures because, quote, popular thought had it that one could renew or reinforce one's vitality through absorption of blood, end of quote. Intriguingly, an alternate reading of Moses 6.29 given in the OT1 manuscript describes a wicked Cain-like people who by their oaths have eaten unto themselves death. If this variant is not a scribal error, it may indicate a corrupt practice where participation in the ordinances by those who were ritually unclean was condemned, or perhaps even the eating of blood itself. Note that this language further echoes and extends the symbolism of the eating of death in the act that precipitated the fall. Later God said to Noah, quote, The blood of all flesh which I have given you for meat shall be shed upon the ground which taketh the life thereof, and the blood ye shall not eat. End of quote. Blood as the symbol of sanctification. As part of the entry on sacrifices, the Latter-day Saint Bible Dictionary makes the following observation about the order of offerings in the Israelite temples. Quote, it is noteworthy that when the three offerings are offered together, the sin always precedes the burnt, and the burnt the peace offerings. Thus the order of symbolizing sacrifices with the order of atonement, in other words justification, sanctification, and fellowship with the Lord, in other words exaltation. The symbolism of this order of offerings in ancient Israel will be meaningful to Latter-day Saints who serve in modern temples. While the initial blessing of justification comes exclusively by means of a substitutionary offering on the altar of sacrifice in the temple courtyard, quote, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save, the culminating step of the process of sanctification is a joint effort, symbolized by a second sacrifice made on the altar of incense that stands before the veil. While that second sacrifice is no less dependent on the merits and mercy and grace of Christ, and the ongoing endowment of his strengthening power, it requires an addition that individuals grow in their capacity to meet the stringent measure of self-sacrifice enjoined by the law of consecration, as exemplified by Nephi and his companions in their soul-saving labor on behalf of their children and brethren. Quote, For we know that it is by grace that we are saved after all we can do, which in our view means both that we can neither be saved without divine grace nor without all we can do. There is a double meaning in the phrase, by the blood ye are sanctified, as was expressed in the words about Christ cited in the pseudepigraphal Gospel of Philip. He who is redeemed, in turn, redeemed others. Although redemption itself comes only in and through the atonement of the only begotten Son, it might also be said regarding those who have been ordained after the order of the Son, quote, He who is redeemed with a preparatory redemption, in turn must assist with all his heart, might, mind, and strength to bring about the redemption of others. In brief, those who would follow Christ to the end, 
must continue to move beyond the keeping of the initiatory law of obedience and sacrifice toward the complete dedication required by the law of consecration. Ultimately, the blood is intended not solely to sanctify the altar, but also to sanctify ourselves. When Isaiah was taken up to the presence of God to receive his prophetic commission, one of the seraphims flew to him, quote, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched my lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged, end of quote. Presumably the coal taken off the altar of the incense that purged, literally atoned for, Isaiah's sin previously had been sprinkled with sacrificial blood. Thus symbolically his lips had been sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ, who arguably may have been the very one of the seraphims mentioned in the verse, preparing him to speak with God. In light of the considerations above, it is clear that although the saints cannot be made clean without God's own sanctifying power, they must in addition fulfill his requirement to, quote, sanctify themselves. This they do by, quote, purifying their hearts and cleansing their hands and their feet, in order that I, the Lord, may make them clean from the blood and sins of this generation, that I may fulfill this great and last promise to unveil my face unto them, end of quote. Explaining the need for disciples to made, be made clean every whit, that they might be ready to stand in the presence of God, John W. Welch described the change in law that was announced by Jesus Christ in the Sermon on the Mount, quote, the old law of sacrifice was explicitly replaced by that of a broken heart and contrite spirit, and whereas previously the sacrificial animal was to be pure and without blemish, aplos, now the disciples themselves are to become single, aplos, to the glory of God. End of quote. Within modern temple ordinances, as within the sacrament, animal sacrifice is replaced by the offering of oneself. Such offerings are memorials of sacrifices by the sons of Levi, in other words, symbolic rather than literal reenactments of ancient temple practices that required the shedding of blood. Illuminating the difference between the ordinances of the preparatory Aaronic priesthood and those of the holy Melchizedek priesthood after the order of the Son of God, Elder Neil A. Maxwell taught that, quote, real personal sacrifice never was placing an animal on the altar. Instead, it is a willingness to put the animal in us upon the altar and letting it be consumed. End of quote. Making the Sacrifice of Abraham Hugh Nibley summed up the principle of sanctification by the blood as follows, quote, The gospel is more than a catalog of moral platitudes. These are matters of either eternal life or nothing. Nothing less than the sacrifice of Abraham is demanded of us. But how do we make it? In the way Abraham, Isaac, and Sarah all did. Each was willing and expected to be sacrificed and each committed his or her all to prove it. In each case, the sacrifice was interrupted at the last moment, and a substitute provided to their relief. Someone, someone else had been willing to pay the price, but not until after they had shown their good faith and willingness to go all the way. Lay not thy hand on the lad, for now I know. Abraham had gone far enough. He had proven to himself and the angel who stood witness, we are told, that he was actually willing to perform the act. Therefore the Lord was satisfied with the token then, for he knew the heart of Abraham. This is the same for Isaac and Sarah and for us, and whoever is willing to make the sacrifice of Abraham to receive eternal life will show it by the same signs and tokens as Abraham, 
but he or she must do it in good faith and with real intent.